right. Well, as we've been saying, that uh, the, the big question around what's going to be happening as far as the football is concerned, uh, maybe we would have a couple of answers today. As you know, a brand new month, level three of lockdown officially kicked into gear today. And as far as sport is concerned, though, we saw last week the Minister of Sport, Natim Tetra, giving non-contact professional sports the green light uh, to basically resume training and also to resume playing. We saw him again over the weekend giving a presentation that contact sports were allowed to start training again under level three. But certainly blurred the lines, though, when he said no sport would be allowed in the con- uh, coronavirus hotspots. Now, as you may well be aware, that there hasn't been football anywhere in the country since mid-March due to the coronavirus pandemic. And the PSL, together with SAFA, have been working together. I think they've been trying to find the feasibility of football's resumption, is how one can summarize that. But I don't know what the latest developments mean, though. I don't know if you know what they mean to South African football as a whole. I mean, we can only find out from the leadership of the people who are the key decision makers in all of this. And that is the South African Football Association. Because ultimately, they are the mother body. And no other structure can lay it down in terms of when football can resume again until it gets the green light from the South African Football Association. And that's why we got the acting SAFA CEO, uh, Debojo Mutlante, on the line. Thank you so much uh, for your time and welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, Rob. Uh, good evening to you and the listeners. Straightforward question. How far is football from resuming again professionally in South Africa? Unfortunately, Rob, I have to say to you, not yet uh, clear from today's meeting, uh, because we did meet today, we did consider the report from the task team, and the report was adopted by the committee. But on the question of resumption, it was the, the committee then tasked the president of SAFA, Dr. Jordan, and uh, the chairperson of the NSL, Dr. Ivan Koza, to go and meet with the minister and present a case for football and say, ask when can uh, we participate because there were a lot of issues which were considered that in terms of levels, uh, the pattern since we started with this COVID uh, lockdown, we moved from five within a month, we are moving from uh, uh, level three. So we are not certain as to when are we going to move to another level. So we did not, uh, the committee did not want to commit on a level. They said rather have a proper discussion with the minister. So the concern there is how quickly we are likely to move from one to the other, because you've just stated now uh, that it's taken about a month to move from one level to another. And uh, football can only be guided by at least knowing when the possibility is of a level two. Am I reading you correctly? Yes, you are reading it correctly because there are there, there just a number of questions why you can't restrict it to a level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a presentation which uh, was presented by uh, Dr. Nguenya, which uh, the committee, the task team has worked on it. But uh, the major issue around starting is the minister, because we're lucky he joined the meeting at the uh, beginning and uh, left uh, mid the meeting because he had said he had other commitments. 
but he had emphasized that we, we need to balance the health issues together with the economic impact it has on football, a number of people affected. So respecting that, it was said that uh, let the president and uh, the chairman of the league go and sit with the minister down, maybe involve the minister of health and also involve the minister of transport, so that when we start, we don't start and stop. And if it has to be start, to start, it needs to have uh, the research which supports that indeed it must start. All right, I mean, we'll chat to Dr. Nguenya straight after having spoken to you just to get his insight and what he would have presented as well so that we get a, a proper understanding, though, uh, Mr. McClante, regarding uh, what it is that he is fearful of because clearly he needs to take into account the lives of the football players uh, that have to be out there on the field. But when you mention, again, I think the whole discussion has been about when do the individual teams, for example, go back to training? And if they do go back to training, what are the protocols that are going to be in place for them to be training? Because we've seen in other leagues internationally where people didn't just rock up for training. It was little groups, maybe individual first, and then smaller groups, and then bigger groups in the end. Are are we likely to follow that, or do people just say en masse, okay, go back to training, and everybody goes back to training? Rob, uh, maybe that will be talking to the doctor. The doctor will take you through the process. Hmm. But from the administrative point, what I've done, because uh, in terms of the directives from the minister over the weekend, you cannot also just wake up and say we are going to practice. Their first protocol of the government is that the minister must give permission. I can confirm that on behalf of uh, South African Football Association, I've directed the letter to the minister requesting permissions for clubs to start uh, training. That training, the proposal was that it must be in a staggered way. And then, uh, the, of course, the participants, all of them need to be tested. And the doctor will give you the right periods as to when do you test players and for how long and when do they start uh, practicing or training. But uh, I can assure you we have written the letter to the minister requesting permission because the first point is to get permission from the minister. Now, that permission would, would lead to, to what exactly, though, Mr. McClanta? Because in the end, if, let's say football, as I've been reading it late this afternoon, where the indications are that uh, there's an expectation. I don't know if I'm right in reading it that way. But there's almost an expectation saying that football will resume in the month of June. Uh, Rob, I, I don't think uh, your, your interpretation is right. Uh, football training will resume in June. We agreed. That was agreed in a meeting that training needs to start. The resumption part, because the doctor will come and tell you about the level of fitness of players, for instance, that you can't just take players in the month of June and throw them into the deep end. Of course, FIFA had said, give us an indication by 30th of June as to when can you resume the league so that you also address the issue of contract of players and all these other issues. But uh, as I say, the president and uh, the chairman will be going to meet with the minister. So what we are saying is that training will start under level three as per those directives. But if you recall, the directives have also said football cannot be played under level three. So the two are going to make a case to the minister as to when can they start 
considering the also the economic effect, the contract of players. So we, we, we think that after that presentation, the minister can give a guidance as to when can we resume with the play part. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming here that uh, both the, the chairman of the league as well as the president of SAFA are, are going there with a united voice to plead the case for football. Am I reading that correctly? After uh, the presentation from the Joint Liaison Committee, are they then taking those thoughts to the minister for consideration? No, you are 100% right. They are taking the thoughts that uh, the meeting has uh, gone through the documents, which, of course, the minister has also said it's a well-researched and well-thought-of document. They are going to say to him, we have now adopted the document. We have started training after he had given permission, if, if they will meet after they've started training. But we have endorsed the training. We respect the directive that in terms of level three, we can't uh, start playing competitive football, but here is our case. Then from there, hear from how uh, the minister says will proceed. What were the sticking points, though, if you had to highlight any, uh, Mr. Motlante, from the joint liaison committee i know that we were supposed to hear from them last week and then it was postponed to uh, today uh, which one does understand what would you say was the the major sticking point in terms of the discussion the, the major sticking point of course was one uh, considering the health and safety and saying how do we best play under these conditions and that report uh, indicated clearly and on how is going to be played out you create your bubble and ensure that people stay safe there including match commissioner match uh, officials and all the people all stakeholders involved first it was the question of safety two it was a question of precautions what do you do do you say because i've tested people i leave them then it was agreed that people need to be continuously checked in terms of screened in terms of the temperature and what if we find that one is uh, is sending is being reflected in that the temperature is high what do you do do you put him in the bubble do you create another space then it was also resolved on that then there were issues of uh, the economic issues which involve of course players contract you have players whose contracts are expiring in June. What do you do? Because FIFA says, tell us when your season is going to end so that we can, create, we can, we can then engage you on how to extend the contracts of players. That, of course, had also to be checked. At. And, of course, the league was on record saying, look, we need to also, when we check economy, check the fact that we need to protect employment because the league is on record saying, come end of June, we are unable to pay to continue paying the grant. So without those grants, we are going to have a situation where uh, clubs will start thinking about retrenching players. So it's it's a it's a situation which also needed to be looked at. So is the league saying that in 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 the off season, as it traditionally is, they don't pay the grants? Well, I cannot talk much to that point except to say it was raised as part of the issues around the grant and how it will impact on clubs if they don't get those. So 
that that's what that was raised by the league. I think uh, mm. they would be at the better position to explain that. I don't know how yeah. it operates. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I would imagine that you're not privy to the contractual obligations as to when uh, those grants kick in, because you could find that they, they could be standing grants that are paid even in in the off season, or they could be grants that end when the season ends. So uh, I'm, I'm imagining that they wouldn't have divulged that that information to you, but raise it as an issue that it is a possibility. Yes, yes. Now, I think the, the, the one thing that I wanted to quickly check with you, um, in, in preparing the document with the guidelines, are, are these going to be shared publicly once they've been okayed? Are, are these top secret in any way? Uh, because as you know, that the, the public out there, is the one that's yearning for the game, yes. Uh, but then there is the obligation, as far as broadcasters and other sponsors are concerned, that the specific tabling of the guidelines, do those get made public at all? I, I think, uh, Rob, from Safa's point, we'll be making them public because they, they are adopted now. They are now the JLC documents. And, of course, after we have consolidated, after the minister has met with the president and the chairman, uh, there will not be any outstanding issues. And for everyone, also for stakeholders involved to know that when we participate, these are the protocols which we need to observe. The only easy way is if you publicize so that you also have monitoring from other people to send out. But this guy said they will do this. They are not complying with that. So I think it's not a secret. And uh, when you speak to the doctor, you'll even get into details of what health measures were they talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and just from uh, uh, talking about money, I know that uh, FIFA, the World Football Governing Body, had sent out funds uh, to all the member associations, I think $500,000. Has SAFA received that money? Maybe let me let me let me correct it there, uh, Rob. FIFA has promised a COVID uh, relief. We had a conference call with FIFA. We had a Zoom meeting with FIFA last week. FIFA has given all member associations currently. They've given them their yearly 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 grants, mm. which are for operations. And then FIFA had also said. If you have projects which are not complete and you want to convert, you can convert. The third amount which FIFA had spoken about, which I think you are referring to, they said we are currently working on a criteria because we have reserves as FIFA, but we don't know how we are going to disembarrass, how, how, how we are going to give it to different countries because of one reason that the impact of COVID is different from one country to the other. They, of course, they've sent questionnaires to all member associations to say, feel this. But what they've made certain is that the COVID relief money will not be the same in all uh, member associations. So, they, But just in terms of the money coming through to South Africa, you're saying you've received some form of payment from FIFA, though? Yes, the annual one day. I, I'm not just certain of the amount because uh, the CFO will know about But we we have received what we normally receive as the annual uh, operational costs from people. So nothing that is uh, COVID-19 specific? 
No, not yet. They are saying they are waiting uh, to get something for COVID relief from the uh, from the reserves of people. All right. Uh, I guess the other issues uh, pertaining to the testing of players and whether or not uh, it is financially uh, feasible or viable as well for either the league or Safa to have that money to get every player, whether it's uh, within the Glad Africa Championship or Absa Premiership in, in its totality. Um, I will reserve that to Dr. Tulaningwenya, who will be joining us in a second. Unless I've left anything out here, Mr. CEO, um, maybe you can elaborate on that, but I just uh, try to broadly uh, focus on where we are and what is likely to happen at least in the next 48 hours. I think, Rob, uh, you, you've touched all the bases in terms of I mean, Of course, the doctor as the expert will come with uh, uh, what uh, precautionary health measure, measures are they talking about. But it is important because we, 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 there seems to be confusion about the directive. And we need to emphasize that the directive is about professional football which in South Africa, when you speak professional, you speak uh, NSL, which will be Glad Africa and PSL games. So all our other leagues must wait for further directive from the government and from the association. The team training we speak about and the resumption which we speak about is concentrated on at the professional level. We have not yet started talking the amateur level. All right, fantastic stuff. Uh, thank you so much indeed. Uh, Mr. Matlante, for your time and for spelling it out, we'll definitely be in touch with you uh, one of these fine days because I'm sure things will be moving pretty swiftly uh, as of now. Uh, thanks. Thanks a lot uh, to you and the listener. Thank you so much there. That's uh, uh, Safa's acting chief executive officer. Uh, just uh, spelling it out there. Deboho uh, Matlante joining us right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide.